Hi, this is the Marketing Connect Podcast. Hi, this is the Marketing Connect Podcast. Hi, this is the Marketing Connect Podcast. Hi, this is the Marketing Connect Podcast, a show where we get up close and personal with some of the most celebrated marketeers in the country. We talk to them and discover nuances of marketing that we often miss. After all, we are a show for marketeers by marketeers. Listen in. Today I am extremely extremely excited to bring to you Shini from Burger King. He has about 15 years of experience with marketing and he's worked across categories, companies and even businesses. Here is Shini for you. Okay, hi, uh, I'm Srini. I lead marketing for Burger King in India. I come from a typical middle class, very high academic values kind of a family, largely raised in Hyderabad and and, and post 12th pretty much have been on the road. Engineering, MBAs, obviously that's when I was in Lucknow. You know, incidentally, May 17th, 2004 was my first day at work when I started my career, right? So yeah, 16 years I've been a blur. Uh, but, but, you know, if I go back to the journey, you know, I think one, uh, after my Lucknow days, I think I, I, my first job, I, I, I landed at Wipro Technologies and, and it's been a crazy ride from there. Uh, in fact, 2004, if you if you recall, was a sunshine time for the whole IT and IT services sector, right? And the job on campus that I landed was a uh, marketing job. Wipro was building a marketing, strategic marketing team at that time. Uh, and it was supposed to be placed in the West Coast in the U.S., right? Um, so, like, you know, on campus, it's, it's a big deal, right? If you land in international placement, it was a big deal. And, and marketing was my love sunrise economy and all of that and i was like wow you made it right i was 24 uh, life was looking great uh, and then i landed in bangalore to to get started and i realized two things one uh, you know this this it was taking time uh, i mean the whole us placement in itself was was going to take some more time two uh, b2b marketing is very different from the conventional consumer brand led marketing that most of us uh, resonate with so I had to make changes and, and, and then one of the first and the tough choices in life that I had to make uh, from a career perspective was to say, hey, I got to stop this and get back to FMCG. So I was six months down the line from the time I got placed and I was thinking I was a superstar. I realized, oh God, this is not what I want to do. And it, and it hasn't been easy, right? I had to now go back to all the FMCG companies, you know, go back with my resume and say, hey, I want to looking at a marketing job. I'm looking at a job in FMCG, a career in FMCG. Uh, it took some while and uh, luckily uh, one of the places where I've done summer internship was kind enough to pick me from there and put me into a training role, a quick fixed sales training, management training role before they groomed me for a larger role. And and in fact, one of the time of reconciliation you know, when it really, really hit me hard and as part of this, all of us do a sales officer stint in FMCG, right? Basically, you go counter to counter, store to store, you sell about 40, 45 uh, outlets a day and all of that and my first first day was when i ended up in this market called nazavgad uh, so there was me coming from bangalore it south indian boy on a bike selling oil and vanaspati in a, in a wholesale market in nazavgad uh, so that was really baptism by fire when i started that right uh, i still remember uh, you know the, the the big you know the aggressive north indian wholesale market the delhi market you know they would say numbers like Chihattar paise, pachattar paise, and dude, what is this? <laughs> so, so, and my parents were like, "What is he doing? I mean, you've done engineering, 
आई एम लखनऊ गए थे क्या कर रहा है तेल बेच रहा है दिल्ली में and it's been a quite a crazy ride from there on i i if i were to give top 5 6 crazy things or stuff that i've done as part of the journey uh, you know i was one of the first guys to launch a peanut butter in india i mean who launches peanut butter in india i did that in 2005 uh, and whenever i go to a grocery store i'd still look out and i'm like it's still there abhi bhi bik raha hai not bad right so this this is under of peanut butter it is still there then i uh, i moved on to hines where i was working on group on d again a huge learning curve like a 150 year old heritage brand we used to work with all india radio we used to do rural marketing in bihar uh, some of the stuff that we've done with all india radio is is, is gold even now in these big content days yeah, from there on i i obviously joined kellogg uh, i joined kellogg in 2011 i joined uh, as a lead for innovations in india some really fantastic work in my entire almost close to 7 years career with kellogg uh, and and the whole journey of kellogg has been creating categories right uh, indians are not really naturally tuned to eating a breakfast like cereals right look at our breakfast right currently uh, our breakfasts are hot our breakfasts are savory our breakfasts are soft right and our breakfasts are superly filling right parathas upmas dosas jogai a breakfast cereal is anything but that right it's it's cold milk technically it's crunchy and it's kind of it, it energizes you but but not really super filling right so the whole seven year journey has been a dream from marketing perspective because we were building categories against such consumer odds right and and really loved every bit and learned a lot of marketing and yes fairly fairly crazy stuff at one point of time i was heading market research for kellogg's in africa i, I was on a one week trip to kenya where i landed in nairobi and said at the end of this one week i had to come out with a whole marketing launch plan for kellogg's in kenya right uh, so so yeah as I, i was actually 3 years i was in south africa as part of kellogg uh, i i came back to india in 2018 and when i quit uh, in 2017 and when i quit kellogg a year and a few months later i was heading the category for breakfast cereals yeah currently as we talk i i head marketing for burger king in india it's close to almost 2 years now in this role uh, another super exciting journey a really cut through hg brand that i love to work with uh, and like i said 16 years been a blur uh, quite a few crazy things and uh, really enjoyed the journey so i'm going to ask you uh, the toughest question i think i can think of is that you know you work in a category uh, with the with a player wherein you are a challenger at best as in there is obviously a far larger uh, competitor uh, that does a very very you know good job in terms of visible high visibility marketing in terms of their locations in terms of the presence so so what are the uh, uh, you know how is how is it to work with a challenger brand in such a category challenger brands are more fun simply because one you are uh, sort of an underdog and and it is nice and liberating to be an underdog when you fight that battle number one number two uh, in most challenger brands there are no holy cows when you look at marketing when you look at the the way brands go about uh, it really gives you a nice free canvas to kind of do what you think will be 
the right thing to do right and and third i think it's very enriching from a learning and a career perspective right uh, i i've also been like like i called out i have also been on a few fairly established leader brands and where more often than not i'm not saying it's everywhere but more often than not there's a set template uh, there's a way that needs to be done there's a timing you know when the sales buckets are you know what works what doesn't work so it's it's a bit boring if i might say uh, but a challenge of brand there's nothing cast in stone right it's, it's up to you what you do i think it really pushes you on the entrepreneurial side of it and and i love it so what is happening around us in the ne- in the last two or three years consumers have started to become far more you know conscious about what they eat as in like look at me for example right so i have cut carbs out of my diet completely i am trying to do intermittent fasting as well so kellogs for example is peddling uh, uh, say conflicts right i mean cereal correct so if i if i say that i'm not going to have any breakfast at all because i'm doing if and i don't want carbs so no milk for me no cereal for me so i'm not going to have breakfast so if if you were to go back to kellogs and you look at look at this trend what kind of things would you want to you know look at i don't want a marketing campaign per se but what would be the first few insights that you will think of and then start executing on that so you know what sort of great question um if i take kellogs first uh, i think the big thing with with the whole market and the whole segmentation like we say is there is enough opportunity especially with food uh, be it packaged or actual restaurant food in india right food the whole size of pie of food is very very big in india like we all know we're all foodies like we say and the numbers are there etc but the big opportunity is the penetration is very low right if you if you look at packaged food penetration in india I, i wonder what the number is now i haven't seen it in the last two years but uh, at best it might be uh, somewhere in the uh, 10 10% plus kind of a range right uh, versus what look at it in more developed countries which would be uh, of course the us or, or or the uk would be more 70 80% plus but even even a country like philippines and some of the southeast asian countries also are hovering about 50% penetration so to your answer lot of potential for packaged food penetration number one uh, number two um, it's 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 also about uh, being relevant to the consumers that you choose to work with right in the case of kellogg for example a lot of people in india skip breakfast not because they're following a diet just because they do not have the time or access to a fairly nutritious breakfast option right uh and that in itself is a huge market right and that in itself is a huge challenge for the brand to leverage so yes there are upcoming trends to your point uh, where people are picking up diets and picking uh, stuff which is perhaps more natural more protein uh but as a brand as a business uh, if i were to speak from my past experience there is whole market out there there's a big penetration opportunity out there for the, for the brand right uh, that's fine somebody doesn't want to eat calories uh, i think fast food would be the last thing that i would put pitch as a market here right uh, but you know what there is always a cheat day right there is always a saturday evening there's always a you know gloomy sunday afternoon uh, but that's the time you look me up on a swiggy zomato or 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 just come to my restaurant right and and i will make sure that cheat day is really worth the cheat day right i think you picked it right because the day i fight with with my girlfriend or my partner is the way when i look up for a pizza or a or a burger to like you know <laughs> get out of that gloomy mood 
Yeah, to answer your question, yes. Uh, I think to put it put it sharply, uh, answer to your question would be yes. There are different segments, but just the potential in itself of both the brands is immense. Number one, number two, it's also about making your message relevant to both the audience and the occasion that you choose to win in. Uh, and then brands evolve with time, so so we will we will see both the brands ad- adapt and evolve as the consumer trends emerge. Let's. I am somebody who's got four to five years of experience. in the marketing business you know i got out of b school in 2014 2013 and i look up to somebody like you that you know in the next 10 years i need to be a you know a head of marketing function at a exciting brand uh, so what could they be doing i mean listening to your day to day schedule what could they be doing to sort of get up to speed in terms of what could be they doing to uh, manage their day like you know, how would you advise your juniors to sort of manage their days see managing a day uh, there few there are quite a few uh, you know published articles and good columns as well where people talk about how a weekday can be structured better or even how how your hours in a day can be structured better uh, but i think if i were to leave with one or two uh, nuggets from my own personal experience right uh, is especially uh, to your point like you said you know 2014 2015 pass out currently would be um, you know mostly senior brand manager or just about ready to get into a category lead kind of a role in most companies one mostly one should always have a game plan and and that game plan can be can be made into multiple cuts right obviously there's a career game plan then there's a quarter plan then there's a month or a week uh, what game plan does is basically helps you balance this whole stuff around reactive versus proactive stuff and that's the biggest thing in corporate and offices in india currently right you always want to do a certain thing but you end up the day thinking hey what did i do right or you go through the whole week and say ye kya ho gaya this was not what i planned to do right so having a game plan just keeps you you know conscious of what you want to achieve through the day or through the week whichever is the time frame you might not do it for sure but at least you know hey this is what i wanted Uh, i think that's one the second thing again uh, something which i would uh, call as uh, you know pick up those pockets of learning right the biggest thing that i picked in my career sort of is learning doesn't happen because you attend a conference or you read a book it does but perhaps less than 10% about 70 to 80% of learning happens on the job right it happens when you're doing it it happens when you're picking stuff from your seniors your direct boss is is the guy whom you learn the most and of course your other seniors in the company or even peers in some cases so uh, be uh, aware of those pockets of learning and grab them with both the hands right and go deep when you get that right if you are making a media plan for the first time and you're working with the media head of the company you might not be your direct boss don't just tick the box and say you know i need to get it done by 5 right use that opportunity to learn because once you do that and the foundation is set it it's very handy as you move ahead right uh, so yeah broadly these two just be proactive have a game plan cut into proactive and reactive sections of the day at least have those two three things that you want to do yourself and second be very aware of learning opportunities and grab them okay so quick question right so tell me specific to burger king imagine uh, so so at burger king what are the two three key kpis that you look at when you run a campaign like for example if you were to create a new campaign which you want to use as a platform making campaign so question a is that you know uh, what kind of what kind of insights would you look at what form what what kind of uh, insights would you look at to create a campaign and second when you run the campaign what are the kpis that you look at like you know does it drive more traffic does it come up 
Mostly campaign to campaign objectives do change. Uh, they only keep increasing. <laughs> But uh, if I were to say, there would be there will be two two parts of the uh, two to three parts which are really given and locked in, right? As as a campaign objective, I think the first and foremost uh, is always a clear metric, clearly well defined number, which is the sales output. especially if you, if you look at a setup or a category like industry like uh, qsr that i'm currently working in which is burger king so you would mostly have uh, you know footfalls and number of people walking into a restaurant as a key kpi right whatever your campaign whatever you do uh, has to get people back into your restaurants uh, they should be preferring burger king as a brand right in terms of, and that the best way of manifesting seeing that manifest is in numbers in terms of walk-ins and overall sales right so any marketing campaign and again from all my years of working always and should have a sales related uh, clear kpi caller if, if there is a campaign which says there is no sales kpi then there's something wrong honestly and it or perhaps it's not sustainable or that's one the second thing uh, again for every campaign and increasingly in these times in the last few years where the clutter and the amount of content is only going up i mean consumers have lesser waking hours and lesser time to then compared to the amount of content that's up there in there right um is the kpi on brand salience right the number of eyeballs and exposures that you've delivered on the campaign right uh, and that's not really just a function of the amount of money you spent it's also about how much did your campaign travel right uh, how much is your campaign sticking how much is your is the campaign really organically driving eyeballs that people are getting it as a forward on a whatsapp or wanting to read it or wanting to see that video that you put up right i think gone are those days when we used to like put crores of money on tv and just push it push it right uh, yeah so that's the second uh, kpi which is on on the whole salience part of it uh these two i think are a given for any campaign to campaign uh, but the third one could be more subject to and topical to uh, the stuff that you do like for example we we we've done a stuff on a launch of one of our new formats which we call the loaded wraps right so there it was clearly about driving awareness of the launch right we just needed an x percentage of consumers to say hey burger king is launching wraps i want to go try it right uh, so that's again very specific so i would leave it with these three the first two are kind of universal to most of the campaigns that we do the third one is more specific to what you've done it could be a launch of a new product it could be about maximizing a valentines day window Uh, from a restaurant business perspective or it could just be about um something to do with a new launch like a shake or a, a breakfast session and things like that. got it the uh, you you mentioned an interesting thing in the last answer you said that uh, gone the times when you will spend a boat load of money on buying media for tv and then hope that it travels far so just want to understand uh, what are the current i mean i don't want specifics but if you can tell me what is the marketing mix in terms of channels uh, right now at burger king like you know what percentage goes on what medium and how is that moved over period of, uh, you know over the period yeah so i think i'll i'll give the top 3 uh, and 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 it's very very typical for our kind of a business uh, the top 3 basically would be uh, tv uh, tv still is our single biggest uh, saliency driver uh, and not just for this category but overall in india Uh, the cost per rating, uh, you know, the cost of investment for the number of views that you get is unmatched by TV still, 
right? So if you have a big mass message uh, where you need to talk to millions of uh, people at a at a best possible rate, uh, TV is still the number one media, right? And TV viewership and penetration is is, is very high up there, right? As much as the other other modes are increasing in penetration, TV is still the king. Um, so in terms of your mix to your question, TV is absolutely there in the top three. The second one is obviously digital. Uh, which is uh, you know both social media, but also stuff that you see as an ad placement in in, uh, in terms of YouTube or Insta that you go. Uh, so, so digital is number two, and number three is really the point of purchase, which is uh, presence in malls, or restaurants, on drive-throughs, uh, or, or even or even restaurants in, in a busy area like say Bandra or Indranagar. So so that's really the third, which is the point of purchase. In terms of investment and top three mix platforms that we choose, these are the Got it. Cool. So, uh, next question is like, you know, Burberry happens to be a brand which is, uh, you know, uh, obviously a global brand with presence across the world per se. So, so how easy or tough is it to, you know, work with these global mandates and then uh, tweak them to regional, you know, sensitivity and, and cultural differences and nuances? So, how do you navigate that entire discussion and debate? Yeah, and and this is a conversation. A uh, lot of MNCs, a uh, lot of boardroom conversations happen on this point. Uh, and I think now there are enough and very good case studies of brands that have really cracked this, right? Uh, and and I think it's not as tough as as it might look from the outside. I'll I'll try and make it simple. Uh, firstly, there are two things which are very local in nature, uh, and this changes from country to country. First and foremost, food is very local in nature, right? Uh, what we eat in India is very different from what we eat in China or even Sri Lanka, right? Which are like next neighboring countries, right? Uh, or even, uh, or even again within Southeast Asia, again, as much as as uh, they're all together geographically, it's very different, right? Uh, so food is very local in nature. So if you look at most of the brands in India, the, the and I can give you a lot of food examples. That's been what I've been doing. A uh, lot, lot of the food brands have really uh, adapted and, and brought in the Western formats, but in a way that Indians would appreciate, right? So for example, if you, if you, if you go back to uh, Kellogg's, one of the fastest selling variants there is basically conflicts with almond honey, right? Which is basically badam and 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 honey. Yeah. I mean, that's nothing complex. Badam and honey, and it just makes a difference to the consumer. It's very presented in a local uh, format, right? Um, and again, in terms of whole culture, which is again that's the second point. Food is local, and again, culture is very local. Uh, cultural nuances, the insights at play. There's no other country which which has a festival like Diwali, right? There is no other country which has 14 big festivals in one year. Right, there is no other country where our whole uh, love and the equation, the camaraderie that families have with parents and siblings is very different in India compared to many other countries. Right. Um, so, for example, look at some of the stuff that Cadbury's has done, the way they position the chocolates. Right, uh, which is kuch meetha ho jaye or celebration, you know, hence and so forth. Right. Again, very local in nature. So, to answer your question, really, the the business continues to be what it is, which is a global business. Kellogg's continues to be in the business of cereals. Uh, the proposition continues to be what it is, which is global, which is in the sense of you know making mornings better or giving you uh, the right energy in the mornings and 
you have you don't have to compromise on nutrition for mornings and so and so forth or or in the case of burger king a good enjoyable time while having your favorite food in in, in one of the restaurants right the propositions the business all remains the same what is different and this is where brands win or do not win is to make the food locally appealing and to launch it and present it in a sense that there is local cultural nuance right then it sticks better then your campaigns work better then you're talking in the right way to the consumer locally lot of brands which have tried to just copy paste what works in the us or uk both the food and the uh, cultural nuance really didn't fire so much yeah we are we are aware of examples right i mean obviously yeah. not yeah. doing them but we yeah yeah so so that's that that to me if i were to really distill it in a sharp simple way these two i think brands which got it right really work for the big uh, mm-hmm. mnc uh, brands okay the next set of questions is around corona and and i'm going to just uh, like start introduction and then we can ask a couple of questions around that so just any uh, what has happened over the last 2 3 months and uh, and and nobody seems to be knowing when this con- when this would go away from our lives uh how how is burger king uh, you know uh, going to adapt itself to the new realities of the world that we will live in for at least the next 6 months i think first and foremost um, you know we are we are in the business of restaurants right so we are pretty much in the center of it as far as the whole disruption is concerned and 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 what we are doing at burger king really is one as a global qsr as a global qsr of being around for a few decades now uh, we have fairly evolved processes on health safety sanitization and cleanliness right it's a, it's a, it's kind of uh, protocols and every crew member goes through training everybody is a regular training mechanism everybody once who joined the company goes through that whole training process spends four five days in a restaurant learning all of these things so it's fairly imbibed into our dna right uh, but what we've done is we've you've kind of taken this and you know turned them up a few notches higher saying hey if at all if this was ever relevant this is the time right so one to answer your question as a qsr uh, as a global qsr with all these processes established and people trained and having it at the core of our dna we feel good that we are prepared for something like this right in terms of serving food uh, in a way which is uh, absolutely sanitized clean and hygienic right um in fact when this whole thing came up and we realized what we're dealing with we said everything stops and the number one priority is the safety of our crews and consumers right safety of crew and consumer is our number one priority that's what we said number two like i said we just dialed up this whole piece on uh safety sanitization and health and hygiene uh, number three what we are really bringing in saurav and, and and can't wait to show everybody once the restaurants open here we creating a whole new unique experience right so so the restaurants when they open really are going to look much different right imagine this you walk into a burger king restaurant uh, straight away you see flow markers you know just calling it out saying hey please would you maintain this distance while you order your food right then you do that you walk to the counter there you see the crew completely uh, sanitized with their gloves with their masks uh, and, and with their goggles and you know they just look the whole way is going to be different in terms of experience then you get the whole package of food which is completely packed and sealed so that only you can open it and then you walk into the restaurant or the lobby area there again you see there are a few tables which are just marked for saying hey this is this is an anti social table so to say right because i need to maintain distance even when you are eating 
so so it's the whole look and feel is going to be much different what we're trying to do is to blend this seamlessly without disrupting the good time that we offer in our restaurants See, at the end of the day a fast food experience is about four or five friends going in having a good meal spending time joking around you know sharing each other's fries it's what it is right we all have done it it's a communal experience right as as a lot of people say it's a communal experience yeah yeah so 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 we want to blend as seamlessly as we can some of these social distancing norms into the whole thing and last one is i think we tech will play a very big role uh, so what we doing in burger king is we going to launch a dining uh, a zero contact dining app basically an app through which you can do all of this you don't have to stand in the queue uh, you don't have to pay cash so that there is any contact possible everything happens i'm sitting in a restaurant i walk into a burger restaurant i open the app burger app i place the order i get a notification saying your food is ready you can add whatever you want to your food the choicing or that and then you pay through your paytm or whichever wallet you are using and then you just have the food in your table and you can put it if you like it please post it back on insta and come back soon so so it's we're, we're trying to get into that experience when we open so this is one of those cases right wherein marketing is not just about the function of marketing not just about communication per se but also about you know getting to you know getting into technology getting new processes getting into you know business operations so marketing sort of becomes a wider role for you right as in yeah absolutely so i i for one i i i might be old school or i always thought marketing as uh, as a very integrated anything especially for a b2c kind of an industry where consumer is the heart of it marketing has to own the strategy marketing has to own the whole consumer journey experience uh, comms and campaigns development just happens to be one part of it right Uh, but you eventually uh, own the whole growth agenda of the company you own the entire consumer journey of the of, of, of the consumer is is in contact with the brand so it's pretty end to end and and digital or tech is one, only one part of it the comms is only one part of it like everything if if i take an example of working everything from the crew uniform right uh, to the tissue to the to the sticker or the poster on the bathroom when hand washing class everything is the consumer journey right experience right so everything is something which we which we uh, should include marketing and lead in most cases uh, because at the end of the day the, the consumer led growth is is the marketing deliverable so fully fully agree with you okay so uh, tell me so how do you think the business of communication will change in the post covid world i mean broadly as a business like like will, will there be more digital less tv what what will happen so what will change what will not change it's a tough one and and i don't think anybody has a specific answer nobody knows how how it's going to evolve but but i can call out a few things that i am seeing from where i am right i think one of the first one of the things that we are seeing overall is uh you know the growth the the the, the exponential increase in the whole digitization of businesses we we seeing this all around so for example if you see as we talk the whole education the online education or digitization of education has grown up massively in the last two months right uh, if you see i was seeing some charts the other day on social media the us retail e-commerce contribution i think for almost a decade or two has been hovering around 10 10 to 15% which is now gone to 25% in the last two months right what hasn't happened in two decades has happened basically in two months right 
the whole entertainment is going is getting digitized as we see now right we realize we're reading stuff around you know big budget movies releasing on, on some of the ott platforms right so i think that's a trend that we're going to see uh, and i think my next bet as we talk i think we're going to see more digitization of uh, sports and gaming right uh, i don't know what that means but but it's that's likely to be digitized uh, food and food delivery we spoke that's that's been on the digitization curve for a couple of years now with the whole food tech platforms that are coming right uh, so a lot of other businesses and other categories the whole ramp up of digitization is to go up that's one one key area or a trend that that i think as i sit I, that i can call it out right number 2 i think in terms of comms i would put it more as a marketing uh, journey more than just comms i think brands and marketers need to think through how do you plan the consumer experience in an evolving evolving situation like this right uh like for example i can speak for my industry if 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 the percentage of people venturing out to restaurants are only x percentage right uh, compared to what it was before now how do i still deliver the brand experience to them right how do i still make it, make them feel that they are in a burger king restaurant as much as i can how do i still maintain brand salience right how do i still get my fair share of mind uh, because they're not coming to a physical sitting in a burger king restaurant i can do much more than you know if somebody were not really coming there right very clearly so i think that will be the big challenge in terms of delivering a marketing experience with the new reality and number two how do we continue to drive brand salience in a situation like this and three as much as we you know we were very clear to one of your earlier questions what are the typical what's the typical media mix uh, when you put a marketing plan right like tv outdoor and blah 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 that would be i think kind of challenged and kind of put a question mark so for example you know uh, one of our teams globally has already done this what they've done is they've taken all the burger king outdoors and made them as backgrounds in zoom uh, so we really need to think through as to how will you be relevant as a brand and in terms of the journey and in terms of the salience and what media choices would you make so apart from what you do for burger king and the zoom example that you gave me about your global team is there any other branded message or initiative from a different player could be your category your industry that you really like as a marketer in these times like you know this time of the of the crisis anything that has caught your eye i got a few favorite brands of mine and it's no surprise that uh, they continue to be very relevant and very uh, cut through in terms of messaging even in these times i think my all time have my all time favorite brands is nike and very completely uh, with no personal bias just from a strict marketing lens the kind of work they do the kind of advertising they do and and the kind of revenues that they do right it's it's not just a brand which is uh, which is very good to see stuff uh, if you look at their market share and their business it's it's literally double the next guy in terms of revenues right and they do it consistently across country so nike uh, continues to be my favorite brand and look at the stuff that they've done Uh, with the whole lockdown right where they said you are playing for uh, you might be uh, playing in your own uh, home gym or you might be playing on your yoga mat uh, you might be thinking nobody's watching you but you're actually playing for 4.4 billion or 7 billion people all across the world because you're staying home right uh, just beautiful and and they do it consistently well uh, so shrini um i have uh, uh, my friend online who's uh, also a part time stand up comedian and is a 
great fan of Burger King and has been ordering Burger King even during the lockdown. And he has uh, this question to ask you. So over to him. Hey, hi, uh, Shrini. Uh, this is this is great uh, being being on a you know podcast uh, with you. And uh, thanks, Aurab. Thanks uh, for for the introduction. And yes, thanks for the burgers too. I have a very uh, tactical question, uh, you know, around this whole situation where we are, uh, in a way, forced to not have one-on-one uh, -on -one interactions physically. We are we are uh, forced to adopt the digital way of doing things. Uh, I have been a marketer myself for for uh, about 13-14 years, and you know they always say, in fact, this is ancient wisdom that the brief is the key to any uh, campaign. So uh, I wanted to understand from you how easy or difficult has it been for you and your team uh, to get the briefing right on big campaigns without even meeting the teams and the agencies physically. And if it has been uh, simplified to an extent where uh, it is definitely seen as very much feasible, will it be the way going forward also? The whole digital, you know, even the briefs happening digitally, entirely remotely. Um, great question. I think firstly, let me say uh, thanks for the love on Burger King. We we spend a lot of time to ensure our single every single order is kind of brought with love and taken well. So thanks. Uh, and to your question specifically, I think firstly, let me tell you, uh, physical separation or working in uh, distant teams is perhaps the least of the issues to actually screw up a brief. Uh, there are a lot of other reasons, and and I've done it myself so many times. Very uh, brief is truly screwed, and you should talk to a few uh, agency guys. The kind of jokes that they would have, I'm sure, in terms of uh, walk briefs with uh, 30 asks in one brief kind of thing, right? Uh, so I think what I'm missing really in the current digitally operational model uh, in terms of briefing the agencies, etc., is the quality time that we would in co-creating stuff. A lot of stuff actually gets co-created when I sit with my creative guy, with my digital guy, with a whiteboard. You know that whole brainstorming session where you kind of feed off each other, where you kind of uh, leverage, where you put in long hours and you know you just come out of it feeling good. Uh, I'm missing that. Uh, for some reason, you know, the whole digital environment, the whole thing makes it a little bit transactional. Right? A says something, B reacts, C comes in. I'm missing that magic of, you know, five, six of us getting locked in a room and coming out with kick-ass creative stuff. Uh, so it's more the second part of it. Uh, briefing is still easy because briefing, the way it works normally is a lot of time has to be spent by the brand teams and the marketing teams to come out with a very, very sharp and clear brief that can inspire the creatives. Uh, that is still a, a, an internal team led to magic after that. Once they come up with round one, round two, and then we end up co-creating, finally say, oh, this is the thing. And I'm missing that part of it. You just heard the latest episode of the Marketing Internet Podcast, a show for marketeers by marketeers. The show was brought to you by C4E and The Podium.